Welcome to the Intentional Family Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Schmitz. My husband is not joining me today. I'm flying solo. I am focusing today on the year of rest. Last episode, we talked about our words for the year, mine being rest and renew and Mike's being recalibrate. And I wanted to go in deeper on the topic of rest. We have actually covered this before in previous episodes, but there are some new things that I have studied and learned. And I feel like this topic is very important for all of us to continually grow in because the chaos of everyday life, it threatens to take hold of us and choke us with the cares of life every day. And so the choice to live in a state of rest is continual. As with so many other choices, it's day by day, play by play, as my pastor always says. And this theme has been growing over the last six to eight months in my life. And there's been a lot of experiences I've had in this, a lot of moments that have happened, a lot of situations that have come about that have taught me to live in a state of rest. I have failed miserably many times and I have been successful some of the time. So here I am on this quest to live out of the state of rest. And if you wanted to go back, I believe it's episode 34 on when I covered this the first time, and you can learn about that. And my experience driving three hours to Northern Wisconsin by myself, listening to the audiobook that was the perfect time, perfect place, perfect message for me. With that being said, I would like to go into more detail about rest today. Often we can find ourselves stuck, overwhelmed, frustrated, angry, exhausted, generally just emotional. And that is a red flag that says, slow down, take a breath and rest. And when we feel overwhelmed, that is a red flag. We should never stay in that feeling of overwhelm. What we should do is take a step back. And one of my favorite scriptures is in Romans. Well, almost my favorite chapter is Romans 8, really. And when I think of overwhelm, I think of this verse, that God has given us overwhelming victory through those who are in Christ Jesus. And that is how I flip it. I flip that coin when I feel overwhelmed by the to-do list, the whatever's coming down the road. I remember that I have been given overwhelming victory if I stay on the right path. And this is a discussion I actually had with my son on the way to church this morning was how when we read something or look at something or feel something in our culture, we look at things often very analytical and take things for face value. And what's interesting is in the culture in which the Bible was written, ancient times, how they looked at things and how they perceived things was very, very different. And even to this day, in that part of the world, the view people have, the outlook, the mindset that many have is much broader. It's like you have a two-sided coin. And if you were just to look at it analytically and just look at the one side of it, you would make observations. And you might not even think to flip that coin over. But in ancient cultures, and even those Middle Eastern cultures to this day, what they do is they flip over the coin and they look at all the things. They look at all all the different aspects of it and get this bigger, broader picture. And that is really important for us to try to 
um, develop our mindset to think that way. Because we could look, let's just take overwhelm, for example. Let's say you have a bunch of other things added on to your normal responsibilities. You have a big event that's coming up, or you're going to be traveling, or you have a bunch of extracurriculars for your kids, or maybe you're taking extra class, you're taking classes, you're trying to finish a degree, plus you're, you have a family to raise, uh, you have a family to take care of or something like that. It's just, you have a bunch of extra things today or this week or this month and you feel overwhelmed. When we take a step back and force ourselves to calm down, do some slow breathing, maybe shut our eyes, get in a place where we can just calm down, what we'll start to get is perspective. And when we make our mind start moving around the situation, let's say we're sitting in a room and if instead of just looking at one wall, we start moving around the room and we look at every part of the wall, every piece of artwork hanging. We look at the ceiling, we look at the floor, we look at all the furnishings in the room. This is the type of mindset that will keep us from being overwhelmed or staying overwhelmed because we will get a greater, broader, more clear picture of the truth. And this is really important because otherwise we're going to keep getting stuck in a rut and keep going around the mountain as the Hebrew people did in ancient times after the slaves were freed from Egypt and they went into the desert an 11-day journey took them 40 years because of their mindset. They have a, had a slave mentality. And until Joshua and Caleb came about 40 years later with this give me my mountain mindset, that was when things changed. That, when, that was when they had overwhelming victory and they got into the promised land with the next generation. And I say that to say we have to consciously choose to live in rest. And what that does is it gives us a clear picture and understanding of what's going on and what is appropriate to do next. Some things like going for a walk outside, getting in nature is a huge way to rest and reset our, our emotions. Just lying still, praying, shutting down our emotions, focusing on God, focusing on that we have overwhelming victory through Jesus, talking a situation out with our spouse or a trusted friend or a pastor, just talking can make a huge difference. And it's interesting because our pastors often say when they meet with people, people are ready, know the solution to their problem, but they need someone to talk it through with. And by the end of it, they have a clear understanding of what's going on, why, and what their next step should be. And I, I'm definitely one of those. Like I process things by talking. So that's a huge outlet for me. Getting around the right people. We've talked about having positive thinking, the power of positive thinking, one of, one of my favorite books by Norman Vincent Peale. It, when you feed positivity and you squelch negativity in your mind, that gives such a healthy view of what's going on. And it helps us to actually accurately assess how we are feeling and how we're processing things. And with my words for the year being rest and renew, I covered this in the last episode, but um, Isaiah 40, 31, those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. And you think about that when we feel like we have so much to do 
any any stopping or any waiting is a waste of time. But it couldn't be that couldn't be more of a lie. It's when we stop and rest and wait, then we'll know what the right course of action is. And that's when we're invigorated with new strength. Our strength is renewed. It's made new. And I love Mike's word with recalibrate. It's very much in line with rest and renew. When something's not working, what do you have to do? You have to calibrate it again, hence recalibration. And that also requires rest because let's say the car breaks down. Well, you can't use it. So the car has to rest. It can't be on while the changes, tweaks, fixes are being made. And then it's recalibrated to work again. That's the same with us. When our mind is not functioning properly and our emotions are raging, our mind is racing. Maybe you have, I I have this tendency when I have a big project coming up or a big event I'm trying to pull off, I get all organized with my checklists and things. And then that as I'm working on it, instead of just setting it down and leaving it, it tends to cycle through my mind and my my sleep at night suffers because that's cycling through my mind when all the work is being done, all the checklists are on there, everything's covered, but my mind has a hard time shutting off and not running through that list of things to do. And that is something I am working on because even this morning as I'm sitting, I was sitting in church this morning listening to my pastor preach and I could just see myself like my mind is undisciplined. Yes, so this thing is coming up that I'm responsible for. Okay, great. Why don't I just set aside a chunk of time to work on it and the other times, don't worry about it. It's taken care of. And so that is what I'm currently working on. I'm working on disciplining my mind. And time blocking is a concept that I'm sure we've mentioned before, but it's this concept where you take your day and you plan it so that you have blocks of time for different activities and you lump similar activities together. That's my understanding and usage of it. If other people have a different understanding and how they use time blocking, go for it. But this is how I apply that principle. So for example, on a given Monday, let's say the first day of the week when we have school starting again, I will get up nice and early. I will do my own routines where I pray and read my Bible and I exercise and I have that filling up my own cup. So when the rest of my family's up, all the other things in the world come at me, I am filled up and ready to pour out onto others. And then I have the time block where we have some family time and breakfast in the morning, and then we start schoolwork and we have our time block for schoolwork. I do everything I can not to let all the responsibilities, whether that be ministry or responsibilities to other people in my life, other family members outside of my home, what those demands have to come outside of that time block. Now, granted, emergencies and things come up, but time blocking is a way to put the right pieces of the puzzle together in the right spot. Instead of just trying to cram in a piece in the wrong spot, what do you do? You bend that piece of the puzzle. And that will keep us in a state of rest when we're doing the right thing at the right time. And the more we practice that, the more disciplined we become in making the right choices. So when you feel stuck, overwhelmed, find that, that one activity that will get you back to a state of rest when you start to feel that those emotions rising or that anxiousness or 
anxiety or stress coming on, whether that be a walk, laying down, closing your eyes and praying, talking to someone that is positive that can help you just recognize what that is and try practicing some of these some of these things and see what works well for you. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavily burdened by religious rituals that provide no peace, and I will give you rest, refreshing your souls with salvation. I love that verse, and that is how I fight my battles, if you want to say it that way. I go to him, go to Jesus, when I, I feel weary or I feel burdened, and This is the amplified version, and it says when you feel heavily burdened by religious rituals that provide no peace. Now, let me speak to this for a minute. I'm sitting in church this morning, right? And it's worship time. And we're we're to worship with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength. What do you do when you're not worshiping in that state? that I was heavily burdened by religious rituals that provide no peace. I wasn't burdened by worship time. I was burdened by my thoughts controlling that time. So I had to make myself stop and to make myself focus on what was most important at that time. And then I could switch to worshiping truly from everything inside of me. And then in turn, that gave me rest and that refreshed my soul with salvation. That the soul being my mind, my will, and my emotions, because I was making them stop and submit to what was right for me at that time. This is crucial to practice this every day. And when we practice this, we can pass this on to our children so that, let's say, a math lesson is extremely hard for them, or maybe they were bullied. Maybe someone said something really mean. Maybe they were scared about something. Maybe they heard something on the news or heard someone talking about a situation in the world that was scary to them. When we practice this ourselves in taming our mind, our soul, our mind, our will, and emotions, then we can help our kids process things right. We can help them build pathways. And The Whole Brain Child is a book I highly recommend to all parents, anyone working with kids, well, even for adults to read, really. What it does is it it teaches how to make pathways from left brain to right brain because one half of the brain is actually how we express language and the other half when you feel all the emotions are on the other side. So when you link the two, you can name emotions, you can have better self-control and taming those emotions, if that makes sense. So I highly recommend picking up that book. I'll probably cover that one more in detail, but we'll see. So when we take a step back from our situation, it offers a high and slightly elevated view, which is a phrase I love and I use a lot that I learned from Sam Carpenter, who who wrote Work the System. He was a businessman who was completely overwhelmed, kids at home, and he was running this business that was failing. He was working 80 hours a week. He was in this he almost like had a breakdown until he had this revelation on this new perspective, a healthy perspective that if he took a step back and got a higher, slightly elevated view, he could pinpoint how to fix the problem. We can't properly assess the problem and fix it if we're so in the thick of everything going on. 
So rest starts for me first thing in the morning. Well, actually, let's back that up. Rest starts for me going to bed early enough. Now there's those nights where I have to pick up my son late from a youth event or whatever, or, you know, things happen. Maybe someone's sick and I have to stay up with them. But rest starts for me in the state in which I go to bed. If I go to bed clearing my mind of every care and concern and go to bed calm and relaxed, then I can have a great night's sleep. I can rise early and do my morning routine, filling myself up, spirit, soul, and body, and then be ready for the day. Whatever come, whatever happens that day, I am ready for it. That is huge, crucial, paramount, <laughs> vital for my life every day. And meditation is been something that where I've had a new perspective on it and trying to practice it in a new way lately. Meditation for me is not sitting on the floor with my legs crossed and humming or making some mantra. Meditation for me is focusing on God, is focusing on Jesus. And there's a, usually in my Bible time in the morning, there's a specific phrase or a verse that strikes me. And when I meditate, I will think on that and I will repeat that through in my head until it gets sunk down in my heart. And that is usually when I get it in that morning and when I have a really good restful start to the day where I'm filling myself up, spirit, soul, and body. Then when I get that that word that strikes me in that time and I meditate on it, that keeps with, with me throughout the day. And that helps center and focus uh, my life each and every day, every moment, every decision on what is right, true, and appropriate. And I can make right decisions. And also, I have this running list of Bible scriptures that I, that I read or recite every morning this year. That's a big thing for me that I know that's really important for me and that I'm trying to memorize them. But I read most of them and recite some that I do have memorized. And that has been really, really helpful. I'm definitely starting with that. And for me, I had to find a balance with working out. I, for a while, I was doing like these really early morning workouts, warrior workouts for an hour. And they were at 5.30, which was like, okay, I can do 5.30. And then they moved them to 5.15. And there's something about that 15 minute earlier start time that was really hard for me to get going on and I had to find a balance. And I have found that yoga and rowing and some basic like body weight type workouts are really, really good for me, 10 to 20 minutes in the morning. That has been helpful for me to stay to stay fit and to f- feel strong. And a big marker for me is when my upper back gets really tight and sore and painful, I know I'm off my routine with uh, working out. When I work out regularly, even if it's a simple 10-minute yoga every morning, that does it. That's enough for me. My upper back doesn't hurt and my neck doesn't hurt. And so I had to find that balance. And with the rowing list, like a 10-minute rowing workout is great. Keeping it simple, just doing something. If we have this goal of like doing this one-hour class somewhere else how many times a week and that's not sustainable, let's find something that's sustainable that we can actually do regularly because what, what matters is our routine. What matters is that we are consistent. So when I am taking care of my spirit, soul, and body first thing in the morning, I'm putting my oxygen mask on so that I can pour out onto everyone else. 
Some of you may have heard this term Sabbath. I love the word Sabbath. What it, it really is a word for rest. And in Exodus 28, it says, Remember the Sabbath, the seventh day, and keep it wholly set apart, dedicated to God. And this goes back to creation. On the seventh day, after God created everything, saw that it was good, he rested because it was all perfect. It was all in its place. He had finished the work and it was time for rest. And we try to implement the Sabbath, the rest day in our home. And often, typically that's Sunday for people that worship and go to church on Sundays. Sometimes for us, when like we're involved in leadership and a lot of ministries at our church, and we have two services on Sunday, a morning and a night. And so sometimes if we have self, if we have things going on Sunday afternoon as well, we look ahead of time and we try to carve out some time like on a Saturday or Friday night to have some rest time as a family to make sure we're building that in. But as a general rule, we try to all have Sunday be a restful day for us. That could be, some people might nap, some people might just rest and read. And so we just try to keep that as part of our family life. So our boys like to play video games, which is fine. You know, everything in moderation. And what we did, I don't know how long ago, it's been a while now, we don't do video games on Sundays. And if we do anything with with uh, with screens, with technology, it will be... We might watch a movie in the afternoon. We might not, but there's no video games on Sundays. And that's been a really, that's been a nice practice for our family and for our kids. And they totally get it. They they didn't fight against it at all. They don't miss it. They get to play it the other days. And I feel like for all of us to change something or not do something so that we may, that we can rest. Maybe resting is reading. Maybe resting is just, I try not to do a bunch of housework, <laughs> you know, like if I have to throw in a load of laundry, I have to throw in a load of laundry. I try to avoid it. Obviously dishes have to be done after meals. But other than that, I'm I'm not making lesson plans or anything like that. So I have covered, I have rest brings perspective and it calms raging emotions as I, as I have discussed in detail so far. Hebrews 4, 9 through 12 is a power packed few verses. And it emphasizes the power of rest to penetrate, divide, expose, and judge the very thoughts and intentions of our hearts. Let me read it for you in the Amplified Version. So there remains a full and complete Sabbath rest for the people of God. For the one who has entered his rest has also rested from the weariness and pain of his human labors, just as God rested from those labors uniquely his own. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest of God to know and experience it for ourselves so that no one will fall by following the same example of disobedience as those who died in the wilderness. For the word of God is living and active and powerful, making it operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as the division of the soul and the spirit, the completeness of a person and of the joints and marrow, the deepest part of our nature, exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. Did you catch it? So there remains a full Sabbath rest for God's people. And those who enter it, they are free from weariness and pain that comes from our human labors. 
and we may rest just like God rested on the seventh day, resting. We can rest knowing the work is done. So we have to get to that point each and every day where what's done is done. I need to stop. I can't cram in anymore because I need to honor the state and the limited faculties I have as a human being. And this scripture highlights the word of God. And maybe you're saying, wow, you're really talking about the word a lot. This is really turning into a very Christian Bible-thumping podcast. You can think that if you want, but I double-dog dare you. If you have not read the word or given the word a try or let Jesus work in your life, I encourage you to give it a shot because the word of God is living and it's active and it's completely power-packed. It's operative, it's energizing, it's effective. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It separates the soul and the spirit. It separates, it gives that big picture to clearly see what's really going on. It can divide things that you didn't think could be divided so that it can expose every evil intention we may have, every evil thought that may come our way. And it can it can even expose and it judges our, the intentions we have. You know, you heard, hear that phrase, oh, he had good intentions. Well, we want everyone else to see our good heart and our good intentions. But what we do is we judge everyone else by what we see them actually do or say. The word of God is living. It is active. It is full of power. And it can judge us clearly. We can clearly judge our own thoughts and intentions And it can help us have grace and see other people right. And the principle of rest remains true. Even thousands of years later, after it has been implemented, it started at creation with God resting on the seventh day. It continued throughout thousands and thousands of years, generations and generations. It's permanent. It's timeless. And we can experience the rest in our own life. One of my favorite pictures is when two oxen are equally yoked, they pull together. It's a force multiplier. When one's pulling more than the other, there's stress, there's unequal weight. They can't pull very strong if they're not pulling together equally. My yoke is easy to bear, my burden is light, Matthew 11.30 says. Why? When we partner and we get in alignment and we rest knowing that I can discipline my mind to not run me and my emotions to not cause overwhelming rage in my life and in my thoughts, I can be even, I can be restful, I can do the right thing at the right time. And the more I practice that, the more it becomes this continual flow in my life. Because God's promise that my yoke is easy to bear and my burden is light is true. Because when we're in alignment with what he's calling us to do each moment of every day, then it's easy and it's light because we're pulling with him, not against him, not in front of him, not behind him. I hope that this is clear because when we live in a state of rest and we identify areas in our life that we can set up for rest that is going to be a huge game changer. And it it makes me think of the principle 
of every seventh year there being a sabbatical. Maybe you've heard that in academic terms where professor would take a sabbatical or a or a priest or a pastor takes a year off every seventh year to gain extra rest, to gain perspective, to grow, to learn, to read, etc. And that principle is even true of the earth. My, I have a family member who has a garden that used to produce a lot. <laughs> the tomato crop was amazing. And the last two years, the crop keeps dwindling. Things just are not thriving. And I suggested that why don't we just take this next season and not plant anything and let the soil replenish for a year? Because that is a picture of what our life is. We need to rest that we may replenish. We can't just keep giving, giving, giving. So dear listener, I hope that you can identify some ways that you can rest. Maybe it's a nighttime routine that will help you. Maybe it's reading, praying, going to bed earlier, rising in a way where you can feed yourself spirit, soul, and body, that you may be ready to tackle the day doing what's the right thing at the right time, living out of a state of rest, applying appropriately the principles you are learning in your life, being true to who you are and who you are made to be. Thank you for listening to the Intentional Family Podcast. We can be found at intentionalfamily.fm. Until next time, join us in living life intentionally. Intentionally.